Prepare yourself to be blown away by the seismic sounds and scrutiny of... After Shots Podcast with Chris Aiken and Matt Hartnett. All right, well, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Aftershocks. And this is a little different. This is our little uh, separate sort of podcast. Well, it's connected to Aftershocks, but we call it Tremors. Uh, it's the second one we've done. And uh, it's a little bit more, as you know, we were just talking, obviously, the three of us. It's more of a free form type of discussion. But of course, we're going to do some discussing here of the new great band called Sons of Silla. Once again, we, I'd like to welcome. The guest of the podcast, vocalist Peter Argeropoulos from Los Angeles band called Sons of Silver. Great to see you again, Peter. And uh, yeah, congratulations. The official release is now out. The new EP titled Doomsday Noises, uh, available everywhere for purchase and streaming now. And uh, I know the last time we talked to you, um, I think you mentioned the name of the EP was going to be called Rude Awakenings. Did you guys, any reason why you guys decided to call it Doomsday Noises instead of uh, Rude Awakenings? Yeah, well, well, first, thanks for having me on again, Matt. And thank you, Chris. Thanks. It's great sure. to be here. I, I love your guys' show. And thanks, it's, it's man. a lot of fun. So thank you. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we were going to go with Root Awakenings just because we thought that was, uh, it was, it was a, an appropriate title for the, for the group of songs, as well as, you know, we liked it. But, but mm-hmm. there were, we had two problems. One is that it is uh, one of the, the title, same title of uh, one of the uh, songs on the, on the EP. In fact, the first mm-hmm. song. And second, we were having trouble with the artwork. And finally, oh. I, you know, <laughs> I, I was just like, you know what? Let's just clean house here. Let's just come up with a new name. And mm. and that'll maybe get us in a different direction for the artwork. And we were running out of time. We were actually past, long past our, our due date. So, mm. uh, yeah, that, that kind of yes. helped us. So, and, 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 you know, the funny part was, is when we, when we got it to the folks at Universal, even just the name itself, they're like, oh, yeah, Doomsday Noise is so appropriate. Because this was, you it know, is. in yeah. early June and... You know, and I said, is it too heavy? They go, no, it's not heavy enough. It's, it's just heavy enough. I mean, so I was like, okay, great. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Who does your art, by the way? That art is, it, it reminds me so much of that TV show, The Americans, and that the artwork that they had for, for that show. Who, who does that for you guys? Uh, well, Brina is our art director. Oh, huh? And, oh, wow. uh, and, you know, cool. and uh, but she, we work with an artist, uh, Donald or Donnie Phillips. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, the two of them work pretty hand in hand. And to be honest with you, I kind of stay out of it. Um, it's not my thing. Uh, you know, I just mm-hmm. I've learned to just focus on, you know, making making uh, art that uh, appeals to your ears as opposed to your eyes. Sure. And sure. Uh, so so they handle it. But we yeah, we, we picked a direction, you know, for the time being of sticking with that sort of, you know, uh, propaganda art um, mm-hmm. and uh that's 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 their thing and, and yeah so they do it yeah awesome you know now that we've had also a chance to like we were just mentioning before we started this you know we had a chance to listen to all the the songs now man we love the ep it's you know we've had a bigger Thank sample you. size now and uh you know so we can of course talk more about the release and and more importantly let's talk about you know your contributions to the record uh we obviously talked a lot about the lyrical content last time we spoke but uh in terms of your vocal style we just want to talk a little bit about your vocals I really do enjoy how diverse your vocals are. I love how, you know, you can get real uh, deep at times and then kind of raise it. I mean, just you're really all over the place. I love it. Um, when I first heard Read Them the Rights, you know, the first thing I noticed was in the chorus. I, I got a, a sound of like Mike Ness from Social Distortion. That's what it reminded me of. Just that, just a part in the chorus. But when you listen to the rest of the song, not at all like that. Just that one part. No. Um yeah, but I'm I'm gonna I I also hear I mean I'm sure Chris is probably gonna be like no way I'm uh I hear like when your voice I hear a little bit wait like Chris it. Chris just texted me no way oh wait. okay see so there you go yeah see he got it in there before I can uh, before I can say anything uh but I hear like a mixture like a little bit like tidbits of like maybe like John Cafferty and like Jeff Healy in there as well I don't know if anyone's probably never told you that but it's just something I took out of, you know out of it what do you who do you get compared to when people talk about your voice and what have you been hearing so far? Well, I've actually heard Mike Ness a couple of times in the last oh, wow. week, okay. which was interesting, which is to me great. I mean, I love his raspiness and it's just his whole style totally. is, is very rock and roll. It's just, 
you know, it's it's loose, but it's not all over the place. And he's got yeah. got a deep voice too, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So so I hear that. Um, you know, I hear Springsteen occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll hear. Uh, I, you know, I don't hear a lot. It's more like it's just you got this deep voice, you know, and mm-hmm. and it's got a resonance. And it's very rock and roll, but it's not one of those high pitched voices. But but again, Mike Ness. This is the third time in the last week. So oh wow, okay, that's pretty yeah. cool. I I will not compare. Other than what I will say is I think what makes your voice unique, very unique, is your phrasing. You have a un- very unique way of phrasing words and kind of tying lines together that that is, you know, like we were saying before we started, it's that it's the bubble gum in the hair thing. It, it it's sticky, you know, it 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 sticks in your head and it it makes you want to sing it too because it's it mm-hmm it's phrased it doesn't sound bland you know is it, is it you think that's because the the the, the melodic i'm just curious that's right that's a great compliment do you think it's the melodic phrasing or it's the the words maybe the way they're because sometimes you know i'll play with words but i don't not overplay I, with them I hope I, i'm gonna be honest i think it's probably a little bit of both i think there's it, it, there's no question if anybody listens to this one time they will realize that it's not well, let's rhyme lime with dime and make it fit. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's there's yeah. Some real thought that goes into the words that you've written. And I, I would Thank imagine you. every song that you have has a scratch paper with holes erased in it where mm-hmm. you've scratched things out, scribbled things out and put in new words, you know, because it didn't fit the ideas. It's a very idea oriented collection of songs. And I I, I think a lot of times you you kind of like, probably subconsciously because you know this this is what singers do you lead yourself with your own with your phrasing you lead you lead from this line to a lot of times singers will lead themselves up and then drop back down and come back up again from line to line you're Mm -hmm. more of a you kind of lead yourself on a more fluid and i know i'm talking sort of out my ass here but you know yeah to a lot of yeah, I listen to a lot of music where I pick up those those kind of patterns where you just sort of, you know, you music has a definitive flow to it, and there's a there's a definite difference in flow between sing song singers and storytellers. And I would say you your phrasing is very much in the storytellers zone versus the sing song zone. Well, I I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I it is. I mean, it's very the, the lyrics are really important um you know and and they're they're not just i would say in many ways they're the mo- most important to me because if if i'm not singing something that i feel i, I just can't sing it very well you know yeah. uh, i probably couldn't even sing it at all so so there that's part of it. the other part of it is, is is that when we're building up these songs which i think we discussed last time we generally do it as a group i mean mm-hmm. there's, it's it's really very rare we have maybe one two songs here and there that that was a song let's say that i brought in you know to the band um so when we do that for whatever reason there are always what i call you know cornerstone or or, uh lyrics phrases words you know whatever it is that get that sort of just gets stamped into the song into whatever it is we're working on at the beginning right from those first Mm -hmm. three five ten minutes and and then the lyrics the ideas get built around those and and often you know, I don't know what the story is. It's like a discovery process for me. So as I start discovering the story and it starts, you know, crystallizing in my mind, specific phrases, specific images come in my head and, and you know, I'll, I'll craft lyrics according to that. And what happens is, is then the, the lyrics kind of take the lead. And so the, the, there is, yeah, a, a clear melody, but, but the, the melody is also kind of following the lyrics and, and they start, you know, taking it on, as you would say, as you said, less sing-songy type of way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I still try to keep some sing-songy in, in, into it because you don't want something that's just completely, you know, yeah. I don't know, what do yeah. you call it? Shit to sing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But, but, but anyway, so that, so, so yeah, they, they, they kind of just sort of moves around, you know? And, and, mm-hmm. and also I, I, I think that, you know, I sang a lot with my dad growing up and he wrote a lot of songs and he, he did a lot of, he, he's a Greek immigrant. And so okay. he was, you know, came to the country when he was about 15 and he was writing songs when he was his late teens. And, and he did a lot of unusual things. And I think even though he was much older when he had me, he, he passed on those 
un, those idiosyncrasies to me to a degree. Yeah. So cool. Um, yeah, I think a, a great example of that is is on the song Outbreak. You know how I mean, just the the build up you do, especially towards the end uh, of that song. I mean, I love it. It just keeps you. It's just like a steady riser. That kind of like yeah. you know you just it's it's I mean and really I don't I haven't heard too many songs that like that are sung like that and when they are, I love it because like you said you can really feel like you said you're going not so much with the lyrics you're you're going with the feel of the song it's pretty obvious yeah and it's just and it's taking like you said the lyrics are taking you where you want to go there which I love um and also in that song too I mean it's a you're you're quite the clairvoyant there uh <laughs> with the you know there's an outbreak from a foreign land like I said obviously these lyrics were written, you know, I hope people understand that they were written way before <laughs> this was even, you know, this whole pandemic uh, occurred. Um, and also with that, I mean, you get any reaction from that from anybody in terms of like, you know, they're going to assume, obviously, that this is a song about this pandemic. I mean, just from hearing the lyrics, but obviously it's not uh, because it, it, like I said, yeah. Yeah, no, surprisingly, no one has said that. And, and, and oh, as we cool. were talking about earlier, I, we almost didn't put the song out. It was this close to mm -hmm. not coming out. I was like, uh, this is just, people aren't going to, they're not going to, they're not going to know, or they're not even going to believe us when, when I say to them, no, these, these lyrics were written, you know, in October of 2019. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no way. I mean, my own father was like that. No way. Come on. I mean, he's like, come on, Peter. Come on. And then he goes, what do you think? You're a prophet or something? I'm like, oh God, yeah. there you had to go there. So, so no, it's just one of those things that came, it happened. It is what it is. And, mm -hmm. and so, so uh, yeah, and, and and when we were doing it, it was it was a uh, you know, it was we were just running with emotion. I was running with it. All of us were, and I and and you know, even within the verses of the song, you you listen to each verse; they're all different. They mm. you know, there's there are three verses. Yeah, each one exactly. is different. Each one's successively building, and that's because mm. we were. I was just experimenting with different vocal phrases, different melodies, and and uh, and as we were all listening back, we were like, well, we kind of like all of them just stick with that and in fact in the third one where kevin's got that ben kevin our lead guitarist has that bending guitar going on i mm -hmm. was actually following him i didn't i was trying to find something he starts playing that I and mean, we we have it on our, our original you know demos we're just I, I start copying his line right away and we're like hey that's great okay next you know and <laughs> so so it's i don't know where we're at but but yeah it's one of those things where it's just just it's a very um instinctual there's there's okay not a lot of head going on it's a lot of heart and following things and then you know put that all that meat on there lay it all out and then go back with you know with a comb and clean it up a bit not too much but but just enough where it's you know palatable accessible so so on and so forth but i'm really glad that you guys are digging that too and i'm really oh, glad man. that people are digging it because we love great. that song it's a great song man. yeah thank you thank yeah. you so much absolutely well, Peter, one thing I, I wanted to talk about before we get into wherever we go um, was I and we talked a little bit about it before we started, but I want you to actually talk about it. You know, officially, I wanted you to talk a little bit about radio and specifically how difficult it is these days to compete at radio, because, you know, I, I did radio personally. I was on commercial radio for 12 years, so. Yeah. I sat in a lot of program director meetings and got thrown a lot of <clears throat> a lot of CDs and was like, eh, pass, 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 pass. Oh, this looks good. You know, and a lot of times that was the measuring stick. This looks good. It wasn't even <laughs> a listen to. It was this looks good. Throw it on the cool pile. And then we would take a take a listen. You know, you're obviously I'm I'm assuming the goal which you're achieving is getting radio play. How difficult or not difficult has it been so far to get Sons of Silver on the radio? So far, it's been pretty smooth, I must admit. Yeah, we, we, cool. we didn't fully know what to expect going into it. You know, we met with a few different radio teams, talked to the Universal folks, you know, had a bunch of powwows for, for weeks, right? Sure. And uh, finally chose a path in a direction um and and that focused around obviously this ep the lead single being uh read them their rights uh there was there was you know that there it was a neck and neck what the first signal single would be between read them their rights and root awakenings which is the first track mm -hmm. uh on the ep but in the end uh read them won out and um and you know and i i from my perspective i had to put all the 
you, you got to let go of the reins to the radio people. But everyone was like, look, I think we got something strong here. And then as they, they heard the EP, we're like, we definitely have something strong. And they've, uh, you know, they've, the, the, the idea is to go out to some of the smaller and mid-sized markets first, build from the ground up. It's a little easier to get, get in their eyes, you mm -hmm. know, and, and let's say, uh, well, I don't want to name towns here, but, you know, a, a town with, I say town, a place with 250,000 population, 500,000 population, as opposed to, you know, uh, a, a big market like Los Angeles, New York, right. Chicago, and the likes. Mm -hmm. So we've done that. In the meantime, we have hit a couple of those markets already. Um, you know, but, but going back to your basic question and how hard is it is, it, it's, it's really hard because you're, there are tons of artists who are, you know, trying to all, you know, get into this, get squeezed into just a few hours of time that they're actually playing music. And it's fortunate because for us that we have good people who really believe in us, who, who have been able to translate that to stations who are now actually taking us on to the point where we hit the top 40, we hit number 40 this week. Uh, on the active rock charts uh, for radio, which is for us, you know, that was our goal after three, four months. And we've gotten there within the first three weeks or so. Um, so, you know, let's, let's hope it carries. Now everyone's saying, Hey, top 30, top 20, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it seems hard, it, you know, but uh, it, it seems hard. Sure. Have you heard it in your car yet? Uh, no. But, but I don't really listen to the radio in my car. I probably shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> You've heard it in your car on your phone, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I've heard it. Oh, no, no. I, yeah, yeah. On my phone? Yeah, every now and then, yeah. We'll click on. I'll be like, ah. You know? <laughs> well, you know, me and Chris were talking about earlier. I mean, you know, the, the band's the sound is, it's just us. It's rock. You know, yeah. and it's something, it's been a long time since just rock has been sort of, you know, uh, something that's on commercial radio. I mean, you've got sure all different types of, you've got indie rock, you've got, I mean, all types, of, you know, I can go through more, but um, really just rock in general. You said your guys sound, it's, it's there's no little subgenre to it. It's just to us, well, at least to our ears, it's, it's pure rock and roll. And, you know, I think there's a lot of challenges these days for a band like you guys in terms of touring. I mean, what what kind of bands do you see you guys, you know, you guys touring with? Like, for instance, um, I mean, do you see yourselves kind of like going out with the bands like the, the Pearl Jams or Candle Boxes? But at the same time, you don't really want to tour with those bands because you also want to separate yourself and make your own name. You know, so yeah. it's like, well, I mean, that's, I think, probably one of the most, I think, important you know parts yeah. of, of a new rock band that's coming out these days is really who do you tour with? Is that band like sounds like you guys? It's like, you know, there's now there's really nobody that sounds like you out there it really isn't. I, you know, know. hold on. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're going to distance themselves from a stadium tour with Pearl. Oh Jam. no, I know. But of course <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're going to really have to assess that one. Uh, you know, it's between that and the club with 150 people. I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, do you think that's something like you know, for instance, the other the other band members who are from you know Skillet and from Candlebox and Pearl Jam? Do you? Th I mean, we've been in those bands, you know, and and still are with Candlebox. Do you? Do you do you think that's something that to them they're like, well, I mean, you know, they, they, uh, I, I'm just trying to kind of get into the mind of, of in their headspace of, you know, you, you want to obviously separate yourself, but at the same time, like Chris said, you're not going to say to no to those opportunities, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, look, you, it's, that's a tough one uh, mm -hmm. to answer in the sense that uh, we don't have a clear idea uh, as, as far as who we would necessarily be opening for, because obviously if Pearl Jam calls you up, you two calls you up there, you, you could run the, the list a mile long of some of those big acts that we would do fine opening for mm. uh if, if we turned it down i think you know you guys would probably fly in uh <laughs> with baseball bats and, and beat me right so so, so forget that so it's so just where where is it after that you know and mm. and i think you know first of all we're, we're the, the people who have gotten to know us well really well as far as in, in the industry or who are mm -hmm. just getting to know us uh in the, in the booking end of things um and even even at radio they've heard some of our other tracks which are aren't out yet and and they're like yeah you you guys are, are more like you know a radio headband more mm -hmm. radio head in the the late okay. mid late 90s you have a little more variety to you yes you're a rock and roll band everyone says hands down what you guys said was you're, you're a rock and roll band and when people ask me i say we're a rock and roll band i said if you like you know you know rock and roll but but in a it's a, a unique presentation you mm -hmm. know updated but still something that you can you know sort of you see its lineage 
Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear its lineage. I said, then you should check us out. So, so anyway, so there, there aren't a lot of those acts out there right now who are not mega. They're either mega acts that are left, maybe just below that. And that's about it. So mm-hmm. we don't know. We may have to just sort of test, test the waters and see what, see what happens, you know? And, and mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't say that we'll adjust our sound or our set. But but everyone may have to be a little open minded that, you know, we may open for someone they're a little lighter and we'll be a little heavier or mm. or, or vice versa. Right. And we've done that before where we've been that the, the, you know, the lighter or the heavier band. And it's it's always worked out mm. well because this, the songs are pretty, you know, they're they're pretty relatable in a sense. Mm. You know, sure. it's not like we're up there, you know, headbanging or setting right. on fire. Would Very there true. be a preference, though? Would you rather be the lighter band or the heavier band? Um. You know, actually, I'd rather just sort of melt in. Okay. Think, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be the heavier band. I probably would rather be the lighter band if it was going to air to one side because mm-hmm. the heavier band, you know, a, a couple times that's happened, you can see the people in the audience are just. Like, <laughs> Those eyes. <laughs> you know, and it's not like yeah. it's not like we're a heavy band. No. That's, that's going right. to mean that that that, yeah. that the next act is pretty light. So that that's actually very unlikely. It's more likely that we'll be the lighter band. Okay. Mm-hmm. now now peter one one of the things matt and i were talking about this afternoon is we were just we were kicking around some ideas of what to talk about today and we you know we we loved when you were on last time and how much we got off into rock and roll history and springsteen and all that other stuff and and kind of what we what all three of us started talking about before we started was about different subgenres of music and the one thought that came up was that it seems like while there's a million subgenres of of music out there, if you really look throughout rock and roll history, throughout the you know from Elvis to now, the bands that became the mega bands, just about like ninety nine percent of them were bands that were rock and roll bands only. They were not subgenre they were not emo core yeah. or or you know they're all four four time yeah. they're all you know yeah. you know verse chorus verse bands you know that mm-hmm. straight ahead no i don't want to say no frills but not not built on frills rock music and the question we had was with with that being the style that is clearly throughout history ben what what grabs people and keeps people why is there such a reluctance to do it now and i mean you're obviously doing it you're obviously doing it yourself and i'm curious you know because you've done other styles of music as well where you know we we were just trying to put a finger on what is it that makes people you know try and do a subgenre when the when the the old time rock and roll, as Bob Seeger once said, works, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I think, I mean, you guys tell me, but I mean, I think it, people are always looking to find their own niche, you know, more, more than ever. So, mm-hmm. so that will allow, you know, uh, I, I shouldn't say will allow, but that will lead people to splinter off and, you know, do their own thing. And then, you know, every, everything has a, a name these days, a tag to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it may start out as rock and roll, then it becomes rock, then it becomes croc, then it becomes crocodiles, then it becomes, <laughs> I, I don't know, I'm just making stuff up. You know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. Crocodile music, you know, in 4-4, four, mm-hmm. four, dubstep mm-hmm. beat, junk, whatever. I don't know. It's like all that stuff. So, so, so to me, yeah, it does get like that. It gets a little weird. And, and but, but at the end of the day, when you say rock or rock and roll to me, what, what it really what the way that resonates with me the way that translates to me is is just doing something straightforward you know and 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 that doesn't mean it lacks craftsmanship it doesn't you know lack some subtlety and 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 uh uh just it'll branch out as well Mm -hmm. but but at the end of the day it's just it's honest you know Mm. um and i think that is something that you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a little harder to find these days, not because it doesn't exist, but because it's, it's surrounded uh, by a lot of noise of, of, I hate to say it, a lot of people may, making a lot of mediocre stuff. Sure, yeah. they'll, they'll take, they'll take the tools that are more easily accessible than ever before. They'll drop a couple loops in there, drop a couple samples, put some stuff on top of it. That's just, okay. Yeah. I mean, 
it's it's not bad but it's not good mm -hmm. and then you get 20 30 50 million people doing that it, it's hard for then the, the the artists who are maybe being a little more honest and and, and pushing themselves are harder to do something a little more unique fresh something that maybe hasn't been heard quite as much sure so so that 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 makes it hard to harder to find so i think there are people doing it but but they're just there are more people doing stuff that's just like yeah i'm just doing this but you kind of have to ask yourself why yeah do you do you think that and, and i know this is going way old school to make a point about today but do you think that mtv not and I don't want to say something that happened 40 years ago is having some grand effect today, but but I do kind of think that MTV really really changed how people wrote music because they wrote for the video instead of for the visual. Right? I mean, if, if you go to anything before the Buggles, you're getting the Eagles. And there's yeah. a mm -hmm. there's a very distinct difference between the Eagles and the Buggles. You know, you know, there's yeah. there's yeah. a there's a very distinct difference between my Sharona and Fleetwood Mac, you know, yeah. and, and I know these are drastic examples that I'm using, but I think that the point is, is that MTV almost created like an addiction generation and that bled into creativity to where artists went to create something quick that would get them on TV. And then they would be, mm -hmm. maybe they would have a five-year run or a 10-year run. And artists tended to forget that the Eagles were, are still selling out concerts 40 years later. And uh, the who, and the, you know, Paul McCartney, mm -hmm. all these guys still play stadiums. And, and even the bands that came up in the MTV generation that were just kind of straightforward black crows, still around and anytime they decide they want a tour they can still put fifteen thousand people in seats yeah I, I i it's 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 my hunch anyway and i'm curious what you think as a musician if you think that while mtv may have been great for the boom of the business it may not have been great for the creativity of the music yeah well you know that's that's a tough one because there are some of those bands that that I like, you know, like sure. uh, oh, yeah. pet, pet Shop Boys, you know. But no, <laughs> I do actually. <laughs> but no, I, I think yeah, that's that's a tough one. Yeah, I I think it taints it for sure because the, mm -hmm. it everything becomes much more visually oriented. Sure. So for, forget even the way the songs are written, the 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 whole presentation almost in a visual form supersedes the music, or or at yes. least it it, it sort of catches right up like for instance I, I remember one time a few years ago i was out with um i was out to dinner with a couple friends and along with us uh was uh the former president of of the the record label uh that that had um what was the band steely dan okay and uh and i think i can say this i can retell this story and you know no one will get upset but uh needless to say he, he had never really seen them uh you know he just you know mm -hmm signed off on on uh, the back being signed and heard the album thought their first album thought it was great and went to see them at one of their first concerts and uh looked at them and he said okay here's what happens you never ever ever let them come out in public again because they weren't the most appealing looking sure. act right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. mind you i'm not a huge steely dan fan i'm not a hater it's just not, not my thing but sure. but but the music you know has resonated with a lot of people it's sure it's great it's great music mm -hmm. so but visually if they had come out a few years later under in the mtv era you know let's say even by the mid 80s that they may have had a really tough time getting through because the labels as i understand were their their main way in which they were you know would break artists was through mtv or yeah. eventually vh1 right. and the lights these mm -hmm. guys looked a little goofy yeah. Goofy may not have been the right look. So uh, hold on one second here. Lower power mode in my phone. Um, and, uh, you know, may have been like, sorry, guys. And would not that have been a tragedy? No, no Steely Dan because they didn't look so appealing. Yeah, you know? another, another band falls in the exact same category, Boston. As oh, right. Yeah. As massive as those records were, you know, I'll be honest. I had never even seen Boston, like the guys of that were in Boston until probably 
2004 or something when I when I actually went to see a Boston concert, you yeah. know, and, and I had never seen these guys. And I, you know, I had like everybody else. I had those albums for forever for my whole life. Yeah. It, 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 it well, really. But yeah. I, when you see videos of them now and you see the big afro and, you know, the. Yeah the big drummer with that big afro and whatnot and brad delp yeah. the big afro and whatnot it's like yeah these guys would not have been mtv successes they just wouldn't have been. <laughs> no. well, another great example is uh the band toto i mean you got a bit right. right there yeah right? all a bunch of sensual musicians uh they were, weren't given a, a prayer i mean everyone just kind of laughed at them and we're like you got to be kidding me because they probably looked less rock and roll than any band out there at the time. Yet they, I mean, and they kicked ass. I mean, they played so many different styles. But you know, and going back to the MTV thing, I also think a lot of it has to do. If you really want to think about it, MTV is a big has a big responsibility for creating, as we were talking about before, all those subgenres due to those scenes with the fashion statements. You know, yes. that was the thing about MTV was all about. I mean, you could go, you could start like you said, the early '80s when it was mostly metal. Then we got hair metal. Then you got the grunge. Then you got more into, you know, hip hop got in there. Then you had uh, a lot of that new metal stuff towards the end of the 90s. And once MTV stopped playing music and it became basically it wasn't playing music videos anymore. I mean, in a lot of ways, rock also kind of, you know, died along with that. I mean, in a way, you could look at MTV, yeah, which keeping rock alive for a long time. You know, yeah, even, that, though, that, even though I think it did contribute, definitely contributed to, you know, its demise in a way. It also kept alive a long time and it really hasn't. I've been the same since MTV stopped playing videos and music. That that's no, that's a really good point. I mean, and it, it also kept them alive, you know, uh, because there was they were selling, you know, old catalog with CDs. They were, mm -hmm. you know, and and uh, that whole cycle was a sort of keeping, you know, that old that a certain style of music around that probably had you know sort of passed its time. Maybe not past its prime, but it it, it needed a. a a cleanse let's say mm -hmm. you know um I, I don't know if all that makes sense what i said but mm -hmm. but um yeah i mean I, I you know i hadn't really thought about it the way you said that that's that's a that's a mm -hmm. good point i mean to, to me the biggest thing was was that it just it 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 created it made the visual so much more important than it, yes. uh, it had been in the past look yeah it was mm -hmm. important in the days of elvis obviously it was important in days of even you know uh before that frank sinatra and bing crosby for sure Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you know, clearly the Beatles and, and the way everything evolved from there was, you know, you know, uh, we can see from the hairstyles and the growth there that everyone was always pushing the limits visually. But right. still, still, though, the music was the leader. And then it mm -hmm. got to that point where music's not necessarily the it leader. Any longer. It's got, yeah. it's, it may be it may be like it's got a, a partner and then it becomes takes the backseat. I mean, let's face it, Madonna in many ways was much more visual than musical and i i like a lot of madonna's tracks so it's not mm -hmm. a slight on her music yeah. mm -hmm. so so then then things at that point it starts unraveling it's like you know is it's the chicken or egg thing who's leading who here was it is right. the tail wagging the dog and once that falls apart and then people maybe the audience sort of loses uh i don't know they 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 lose interest they lose respect they they sort of just go off and find other things uh, you know mm -hmm. um but but it's definitely it, it, it definitely MTV changed the course of, of musical history in ways, ways that are mm, and, debatable. And it Most. absolutely made some of the bands. I'll, I'll tell a quick story. One of, one of my really good friends is Billy Morris, who was the guitar player in Warrant. And uh -huh. through, through Billy, I got to know Janie before he passed away. Yeah. And one of the stories Janie told me, and I think he's told it on, on TV as well. So it's not like it's a new story or anything was that, they finished the, the album that became cherry pie was supposed to be called uncle Tom's cabin. And <laughs> they turned it, they turned it in and got it sent back to him saying, well, we don't see not hear, see. Uh, a uh, and so Janie wrote cherry pie in 45 minutes. And, and they, they heard the demo envisioned the video to go with the demo. And, mm -hmm. and, Let's face it. That is why Warrant had their career was because of that song. Yeah. You know, that song really took them from struggling, you know, middle of the road hair metal band to, you know, right there with Poison and Motley Crue and the bands of the time. So, you know, it, it's it's a weird thing that people were somewhat writing music to MTV. And I agree with with both points that it, 
you know, it may have hurt. And at the same time, it may have kept the business alive. Personally, I'm glad it's gone because, you know, as a music fan, I like, I like music that's not influenced by anything, but the four or five guys that are in the room writing the songs, you know, that just, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, at the same time we say that, but it's kind of happening again because now, you know, with the way Spotify and the likes works, you get paid per song that's streamed. So people are putting out, you know, uh, an albums with like 40, 30 second, 60 second, 90 nice. second songs to try to get more plays. Cause then they, they, they make more money because the way it's all calculated. Right. So, so I guess whatever the, the principle or the leading delivery method is mm-hmm. that, that the artists start trying to, you know, cater to that or, or, you know, maneuver so that they can, you know, up their, up their chances uh, with, with reaching more people and becoming right. famous, so to speak. So I, it, for me, I, I, it's just a game I can't play. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know how to do it. And, mm-hmm. and I, I can speak for the rest of the, the guys and, and the, the gal and the band that we're not like that. It doesn't mean we don't pay attention to things. Sure. You know, we're not going to sit there and try to shove 10 minute songs yeah. down the throats of people who are looking for three and four minute songs. But but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, we're not going to sit there and be like, well, you know, I don't know. Is that lyric really the appropriate thing to say? Is that the right beat? Maybe we yeah. should bump that one up from 142 beats per minute to 146. <laughs> totally. You know? And yeah. not because we feel it, but because that then suddenly we're within a different subgenre that will mm-hmm. start playing us more. And then that XYZ station or that outlet will play us more. Uh, yeah, I know. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and I very much doubt that your drummer is going to say, yeah, the videos for Jeremy and alive, that didn't help us at all. You know, I doubt- <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. the interesting thing on that note is, is, is Dave is, you know, loves, we all love the band, but, but, but Dave's in many ways are, are, uh, he, he's like a, a lot of the, 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 the center of the band. He keeps the center. Mm-hmm. Be like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, if, if there's ever any talk, which is very little that we'll have about, the industry so to speak and maneuvering around it he'd be like guys let's let's make great music that that'll yeah. take everything will take okay. care of itself after that yeah. it may take a little longer if you're not the flavor of the month but if you make great stuff and you're 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 consistent about how you present it you you make great relationships with people so you can all take that journey together it generally that that yeah. cream will rise and then and, and he's he's very right about that yeah i agree and you know he's i remember yeah <laughs> i remember uh the last time we talked to you 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 made a good point you said you know one of the reasons too that rock's kind of dying out there's it, it needs some more fuck you to it you know what i mean there's right. the, the fuck you attitude is like it's no longer you know controversial and dangerous like it used to be it's more conforming it's safe uh you know and it's you know i mean it, you know it's just i guess a lot of it has to do with the fear of media criticism these days, obviously, too. You know, it's not about sticking it to the man. It's now about sticking up for the man. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's lost its, it's really lost its attitude. That rebellious attitude is gone, you know? And obviously for younger, you know, uh, you know, the younger kids, younger fans of music, they're going to look for that danger. They're not going to rock anymore for it. You know what I mean? And I don't know that they're going anywhere. Yeah. Going well, anywhere. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, they're going yeah, to Twitter, Twitter complain yeah. about it. Complain about it exactly. That's yeah, a good point. Where are they going? It's true. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's into yeah. like they're they they're not the the. It's almost like reversed now in the mm-hmm. sense of like the whole idea is to not, uh, you know, to to not push buttons. To, exactly. To not make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. To allow them to have their safe places. Mm-hmm. So so I'm sitting there and I'm going okay. I I understand you don't want to go around hurting people. You know, with your this with your words whatever it is Mm. at the same time though you know it's sometimes you got to dig a little bit to 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 make people think differently to get them Mm. to re to maybe move out of the way to 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 embrace a different way of thinking and plus it's a little fun it's like you know it's like if if you don't have comedy with some digs in a sense what is it comedy anymore what is it i mean it's just it's just a speech so so rock and roll the it's good to have a little rebellion. It's good to ruffle mm-hmm. things up. I'm not saying you go out in the streets and you start breaking windows and stealing Nikes necessarily. Sure. Don't get me wrong on that one. Mm-hmm. But 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 it is to, good to go out there and be like, hey, you know what? Here's a different way to look at it. Blah 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 blah. And and I don't really see much of that in, in any genre, especially from the mm-hmm. lyrical end. I see very little of it personally. 
because I think there a lot of people are afraid things that things in the industry in general have industries across the board, but speaking specifically about the music industry, it's become very corporate. So there's yep. a lot of, even, even with small labels, there's, there's a lot of analysis, you know, well, is that tra track, is, is it going to be offensive to someone? Uh, is it going to be able to get on, you know, XYZ playlists? Is it going yep. to, you know, potentially be, uh, have any sync value, uh, you know, sync as in being on, on a commercial, a TV commercial mm -hmm. or a film or, or the likes. So, mm -hmm. so there are all these reservations where it's, it should just be like, Hey, I had this idea. I'm gonna write this fucking song. And right. yeah. it, it, we did it and it resonates with people. So let's not overthink it. Let's just go out there and play it. And what, however we, you know, however we can. And that's mm -hmm. what it should be about. I, you know, I, to the last thing I'll say, I know I'm going along here is, I don't understand this whole shutting people up and canceling them. I'm sorry. I don't mean to get political, but I don't get it. I want sure. to hear differing ideas. I want to sit in a room with people who, who have opinions and who will, who will say to me, Hey, you know, here's a different way to look at it. You may be thinking about this way, but here's a different way. And I don't want to be like, no, shut up. I want to be like, huh? Okay. And it may get heated. That's fine. As long as things remain reasonably, respectful of each other that's a good thing because you know what that'll lead me to rethink my ideas and i hope what i present to them will lead them to rethink their ideas and maybe within mm -hmm. the uh, both of us or all of us rethinking we can find a common ground and then we can move on to the next phase mm -hmm. but right now that's not happening and 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 i see a lot of people sort of like just caving in selling out talking about bling Sorry. talking about um private parts you know i'll be a little mm. nice here and stuff like that and yeah. i'm like that's the best you can do yeah really I really mm -hmm. i mean do, do you think at all and and this might be an oversimplification it probably is but do you think a reason that we do have you know sort of a violence problem in the in the streets and, and i'm not only talking about the rioting of the last month i'm just talking in general that we have a lot of physical outcry is because we don't have that angst anymore where we can let loose our aggression. You know, it's just not there. It's not there on, we all used it in, in music and, and in different, mm -hmm. whether it was fist in the air or fuck the man or a mm -hmm. mosh pit or whatever it was, we or had out biscuit. I'm going to break shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but, but, but it was one thing to sing it and be like, yeah, yeah. You know, and sure. it's another thing, to not have that outlet, well, that when you're mad has to go somewhere. Yeah, and a lot of us put it into music, and now it's not there. Yeah, that's there's a lot to be said for that. that that's that's very reasonable to think that. I, I've I've thought at times, you know, um, I I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I know that growing up for me, I mean, um, I wasn't actually a big concert going, or I like to go to clubs and stuff mm -hmm. that was a little more chill. But I know a ton of my friends, most of them, I should say you know, liked going to these big festivals, you know, heavy rock concerts, even stuff that was lighter. And they just, they just liked that energy. And it was very electric. It was also very cathartic. Mm -hmm. So does it happen now? Yeah, you, you, it happens. But, but I, I don't know that it happens in the same rebellious way. But maybe it does. And we're just not aware of it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think, you know, I think in general, though, I think people are, are, are uneasy and 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 they're afraid for the most part some well some people have no qualms about saying anything they'll say the most obnoxious things on earth all the time and, and you have you're stuck to live with are that. you pick it on me now what <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no i mean then, then there, there there are folks who will you know who are a lot of people are just afraid you know yeah. and, and they want to engage with people but they don't know how to do it what's what's mm -hmm. the right way what's the polite way how can i do it and not offend someone and just right. maybe do it in such a way that that's that I don't give them a sense that I'm trying to offend them. So even if I do, they, they'll recognize that it was an, an error. But but uh, with all that in mind, I think people want a release, but they don't know they don't know where those avenues are. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just I'm yeah. just guessing here. You know, we're just sure. we're just we're just talking out loud, thinking yeah. out loud, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. No, and I think a lot of it has to do also too with the technology. I mean. People communicate now via text on their phones. They're not yeah. calling each other up. So what's that? That what that led has led to as well is the dissolution of the band. Now it's it's you know it's easy. Obviously, this is why you see you don't see bands anymore. You see individuals. You know when you see pop music or anything that's on the radio, it's very rare that you're seeing bands. I mean, because obviously that like you mentioned, Peter. I mean, music has become so corporate. 
So it's it's a lot easier for these lawyers and these music executives to control the solo artist to take a bigger you know piece of that profit. When you've got a band and you've got all these team members a part of it, it's tough. So people are becoming more. It's it's more. You know, they're not. They don't know how to stay in bands. I mean, we see it all the time when bands are around. They're not lasting very long. I mean, that's always been a challenge, obviously, for you know, uh, you know, musicians in general. But I think now more so another than ever. Also, kids with playing instruments. They don't play, pick up, and play an instrument anymore. I, I noticed that years ago when when Guitar Hero became like the thing, and you saw these Guitar Hero uh, competitions in Vegas that they were having, and I'm just like, wow, why are people are spending so much time learning a fake guitar? on a video game they're not why well, take that time and go you learn know, a real thing you know yeah. it's like they just don't have the patience anymore everything's very instant gratification the, the tension spans it's just so short more than ever i mean like i said this is why i mean people are releasing you know a lot like you guys are doing right you're releasing ep now it's probably better to release eps instead of releasing these full lengths because it's, you know the tension span is so short they listen to it you know for a minute okay that's great what's next you know it's not like it was when we were Growing up, I mean, we we get that album we waited for for a couple of years from a band we love, and we didn't we didn't stop playing that thing until eventually we wore out. You know, the the tapes start getting chewed up on the cassettes or whatever it was. You know, or <laughs> yeah. the CD got scratched. So it's just just such a the way that people could you know the, the kids consume music. I mean, we do it too. Obviously, I consume music, uh, you know, a lot more via, for instance, streaming now just because my car doesn't have a damn CD player. I would much rather buy the CD and put it in. What's but, a, what's a CD you know, player? Yeah, what is that exactly? You know, I mean, it's great to see vinyl now going back. I mean, I will say that I, you know, I do collect vinyl. I, I love seeing that, you know, becoming a factor again. But at the same time, vinyl is not very, you know, it, it's not compatible. It's not very convenient. Uh, you can't take that in your car. You can't take that when you're walking around. So it's just I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, it's just the factors in terms of convenience. You know, what's the easiest way to consume and what's the cheapest way? And unfortunately, that's created you know and who so what kids want to get now what what kids want to be involved and be in a band you know we grew up right that's all we wanted to do we, we saw those bands when we were kids in those records that our parents were playing us and and obviously you know i grew up in the mtv era so it was like wow i want that's what i want to do i mean these kids now it's just like they're not you know it's just things just aren't exciting and like you guys have been saying i think a lot of it's because they've been sort of shut you know shut down because of this you know pc cancer culture thing that's going that, on you know that's yeah. a part of it the other part too and and I, and i'll as a 51 year old guy i'll blame my generation for it we did a bad job raising our kids as far as appreciating music we were taught i was taught the same as what you were saying matt about get an album and man if i got an album my, my favorite band as a kid was journey if journey put out a record by the end of the first week, I knew every word of the album. I knew every word of the liner notes. I knew who played, you know, uh, whatever, played a, a, a triangle on some song at the end. I knew every ounce of it. The kids today are, you know, it's so disposable. There's no value put to it. They don't have to go and earn it. They just, you know, yeah, there you go. oh, somebody says that they, they like six by nine, which is that rap guy with the funny colors on his teeth and whatever. And it's like, okay, he has 10 billion plays on, on YouTube. Well, that equals zero value to anybody that listened to it because they didn't spend any money to hear it. They didn't have to save up. They didn't, they don't appreciate mm -hmm. it. They don't value it. Yeah. And it's a lost art. It is. I, I, yeah, I mean, look, both of you guys touched on a lot of things. Uh, I would say though, that the disposability uh, is it, overall, it's probably a negative. Um, I think it, it, it makes it cheap. It's, it's almost like water out of a faucet at that point versus, mm -hmm. you know, like the, the mm -hmm. meme that, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, the meme of the, the African uh, child who, who says, wait a minute, you guys have so much clean water that you shit in it, you know? Um, <laughs> so, so, and, and, and I'm not, not making light of that at all, but sure. when, when something becomes, you know, whatever it might be, be a, a service, a, a, you know, a physical product, a, mm -hmm. you know, or, or a piece of art when it becomes uh, that easily accessible and that inexpensive uh, that, that, you know, you really don't care about it that much. Um, well, you don't care about it that much yeah. and, and you, yeah. you take it lightly, you waste it. So, so mm -hmm. I think that's, that's definitely a, part of the problem secondly you can't support the artist as directly as you once could you know or as you once did with the purchase of music yes you can you, you know you can uh 
help them out with Patreon and the likes of that. But let's be real about it. The number one way that people always would support an artist in music, that is, would be to buy their albums or, or their, you know, buy their, their music in recorded form right. or to go to a show. You know, shows, fortunately, well, unfortunately for the last few months and for probably the rest of the year uh, are a, a no-go. It's not happening. Right. But, but they have been doing really well for most artists, especially in the rock area. Um, but, but, but purchasing music, you can't, you, 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 you basically go to Spotify, you pay your 10 bucks, that money gets spread around to a bunch of other people. Mm. It would be different if you were paying, you know, your 10 bucks mm. a month to Spotify, if, you know, if you were doing a, a, you know, one of their subscription services, that is, and, and your money was going to, you know, let's say you spent 10 bucks, eight bucks, you know, or five bucks had to go for, for overhead to maintain Spotify, but you had five bucks left over. And that went to the to the artists that you actually listened to that month. So if you played three different artists and you had equal amounts of streams between them, that that money would be split up between those artists. Uh, this is all theoretical, but if it did, you probably one would feel a greater connection. Like I'm actually helping, I'm supporting this artist. Artist okay. that that doesn't happen now. And then the other thing is, as far as in the making of the music, you know, it, it's it, it used to be if you want to be in a, a band, let's say, or if you want to make music, you kind of had to get a few people together to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, in the 80s and the likes, you had drum machines, but still, you, you had to put a few cast of characters together and 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 you had to make some compromises because in, in, invariably there'd be a person or two in the band who'd be like, how did I end up with this person, you know? <laughs> and but you learn how to coexist and that sort of, you know, the, the weird, comings together of, of, of a variety of people created for some interesting stuff. It, it led each person on a different path. It also less, led to a lot of destruction because a couple albums in, you wanted to kill each other. You didn't right. couldn't be on the tour bus anymore. But, but now you just pull up your iPad, drop a loop in, you know, uh, get, a, get a, a, a basic melody, you know, line going for a bar or two. And then you, you, you throw some lines or that's, that's fine. It's cool. It's really cool. I do it all the time for writing. It's, it's great, mm -hmm. but, but there's something about, there's a magic that happens when people get into a room who have some degree of mastery over their instruments. And I don't mean that they're virtuosos. They just, they know a couple chords and they know those chords. Well, you know, it could be like, like the Ramones or something like that. I mean, I'm a huge punk fan just mm -hmm. to have a couple things that they got and they go and they go for it mm -hmm. and they follow that moment together. They follow mm -hmm. each other, different p points in, in that moment. Someone takes the lead and they all go along with that. Th there's nothing like that. And there's nothing yeah. like that joy that comes with sharing that together. I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. would, you, would you rather be, you know, a, a, a professional athlete and, and but a, a, like a golf player who wins a you know a championship by himself? Yeah, that's great. I guess you make more money than maybe the baseball player, or the basketball player the likes who has a team. But let me tell you something. Looking down the road, and even at that moment when you're celebrating and you're celebrating with that group of people who you did it together with, mm. that's that's really rewarding and that's an accomplishment because to keep yep. that train rolling, to keep four or five, six people, and 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 then the rest of the team moving forward, that's that's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's, and, it's and, hard. Yeah. And what, what's interesting is, I, and I'll piggyback off that as a fan, and for years, for years and years and years, only until recently this stopped. And I don't know if it's just that I got older, I just got less attached to the music. I, I, I mean, I'm a concert whore. I've been to literally 3,000 shows, you know, in, in my, yeah. to a bunch, a bunch of shows. That's a, that's a sick man. Yeah, I'm sick. <laughs> I, know it. I know it. But, but <laughs> if it was a band that I was into, when they would first come out on stage, I would literally get chills. I would absolutely, and it could be a band that I'd seen 10 times, but it, it, if I'd seen them and then they're on stage and I had that connection as a fan that it sounds like you have as the creator to where I was so invested in the music and I was so invested in the songs and I would, you know, I'd be riding to the show, arguing with my friends about what do you think they're going to open with? And what do you think yeah, the sure. is going to be? And, you know, and then when they would come out and, you know, and, and it's Ronnie James Dio or whatever, and he opens with neon nights or something. It was like, oh, you know, it was, it was a physical connection. It was, it was like, we had this fandom, we had this connection with these songs. And now all of a sudden 
that connection that we had from a distance was all of a sudden close. And it yeah. sounds like that's very much the same feeling that you have when you get in a room and you're creating something that is great or feels great to you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's very true. I hadn't thought about it like that, but that's very true because when you're when you're in, at a concert, it's it's not just about what's going on stage. It's just as much about what's going in the going on in the audience as well as the interaction and 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 that particular mm -hmm. show, that particular venue, that that day, whatever it might be, there's something that is unique to that. And that yeah, that's what goes on when you're creating music. So mm -hmm. so when you know when there's not as much of that or I don't even know if there's not as much but when it when it's when you can die okay better yet when it's easy to find your artist to go on youtube click and watch a video and get it like that and that satisfies you that that's mm -hmm. selling yourself short a little bit yes mm -hmm. it's e it's easier to, to for the artist to reach more people but mm -hmm. at the same time it's it's also it can be just like a, a cheap way to get that artist and 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 it's mm -hmm. nice to to be able to uh to go out there and share a, a, a personal human experience, not just of seeing that artist, but also celebrating that music or that whatever that art is with with a bunch of other people. And that sure. I, I don't know if it's a, if it's the same. Maybe it's maybe it's bigger in some ways now because there are more people, but also maybe it's a little more removed too. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, oh, good point. You know, and I think one of the things I'm thinking too is. A lot of it too may have to do with the mystique in terms of you have now with social media you have these avenues where you can actually interact with you know uh, these these you know bands and these musicians you like. When we were kids, you had they, they was they were untouchable. All those bands right. were basically untouchable. And I think nowadays, even though I love it, I mean I love being able to interact with you know and hearing directly more from um, you know a lot of fans and stuff. I mean from uh, musicians and also that. I think that mystique and that, you know, uh, you know, stuff that you, you know, I mean, back then you would save up all your money to go see the show. Hopefully maybe you can get backstage or it's this big thing where now I think, you know, it's a lot more, I guess, inclusive, which I think is a good thing in a lot of ways as well. But at the same time, it's also kind of getting that mystique is kind of gone as well. You know, it's, it's not as strong as it used to be. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that definitely seems to be going on, you know, yeah. and, but, but it's, it's, it, it's, it's, there's a plus and minus to it. You know, it's great to be able to, to reach out and say, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of, you know, Tom York Radiohead, go, Hey Tom, how you doing? You know, I literally love your album. And, and Tom really replies back to her, at least in, in theory he does. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, it, it's, it's kind of nice to be like those, those old movies from the, you know, fifties and, and the likes where, you know, the, the, the pretty girls start to show you some clothes, but they don't start, they don't show it all, you know, sure, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That mystery and a little more excitement because sometimes when they take it all off, you're like, Meh. yeah, exactly. We're yeah, exactly. No, totally. Um, yeah, I, I just you know, like I said, it's just. Uh, I mean, we can you know, I guess we could talk about this for days. Do you think uh, just quick? Do you think, in your opinion, when when do you think rock really stopped be you know being as influential in people's lives? You know, I mean, uh, we 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 and Chris were talking about it earlier. I mean, he was saying something to the fact that he thought really in those hair metal days is when people were starting to tune out. You know, because obviously in the '70s with the '70s pop rock. A lot of those, you know, all those artists, I mean, you know, you can go down to, I mean, Elton John, Billy Joe, I mean, you can just go through the whole list. I mean, it was, it was really a part of everyone's lives. I mean, rock and roll was the thing, you know, obviously it continued for the next couple of decades, but it really sort of tailed off, I think, in terms of, you know, um, being influential in terms of, uh, you know, I mean, like, like lyrically, you know what I mean? You, you, you would, you listen to those lyrics from a lot of those classic bands, and like you said, you'd really get into them. It meant a lot. I think really when the '80s did kind of hit, I think Chris man made a good point. It was just all about sex, drugs, and rock. You know, it was just it was all pretty mundane. It was just all about you know '80s. You know, uh, you know, getting the girl, doing some you know drinking, doing some coke. Uh, yeah, it just it just it was all pretty you know homogenous. It was very. It wasn't that that you know it didn't have it didn't separate from each other in the '80s. 90s, you could say maybe argument the same thing with grunge. Yet I feel like really, to me, rock really sort of died out really in those mid 90s with, like I say, a Pearl Jam. I really think that was one of the real last bands, you know, pop rock bands that really I think had the effect that rock did, you know, going back to the 60s and 70s, uh, and really just has. So when do you think? I mean, and even in the 90s, you had you had Green Day. There's a couple of those kind of punky bands that were, you know, pretty, um, you know, effective in terms of keeping people you know, into rock and stuff. But when do you really feel that rock just sort of kind of really sort of went by the wayside and really started to lose its influence in, in people's lives? 
Well, I, I think you're probably right, you know, somewhere in the mid 90s, you know, that that started mm. to happen. But I think it had to do not so much with the music as it, as it did with the changing of the times, uh, part of it, the technology. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, rock had a monopoly for a few decades there. Sure. It being the, 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 yeah. Really the, the, the sound of, of a, a generation or two. Mm. And, and there weren't any, there weren't many outlets during that time. You know, mm. it, was, it was it was radio, but there weren't a whole, there were you know maybe a couple of radio stations per market, and and in TV there were only a few stations, right? Sure, yeah. And 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 then there weren't, for instance, video games like there became came to be in the '90s, especially the last couple of decades, right? Mm. So so uh, there the the competition for rock and roll, it just it wasn't there, mm. and and. And once, as time wore on, though, you know, rock became a bit of a caricature of itself. You know, let's mm. let's face it, a lot of those those uh, those hair bands were they were they were like just almost mocking rock and roll in a sense. It was like, how far can we take this? Can we can we put our shit in a box and yeah, sell it? You know, I mean, yeah, sure, that yeah, yeah. So right. that turns people off in one way or another. And then and then that simultaneously. You know, it gets degraded when it becomes so visually oriented. It gets degraded when it becomes ex so corporate where it's like we were talking about earlier. It's like, well, how's that song going to look? You know, mm -hmm. it, 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 I, I don't see this song as a single. Um, mm -hmm. So that that undermines it. People start looking, at, you know, to other places for for musical inspiration. They also just start looking at other places, other avenues to use their free time. They may play a video game. They may, mm -hmm. you know, go online and go on some chat, whatever it might be. So I don't think necessarily rock came down as much as it is. Other things came and caught up, Clearly. you know, on the it's touring market, sure. on the touring market, you know, rock is huge. It's still like, yeah. you know, leads the way, but, 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 you know, now on streaming services and the likes, it, it does not for sure. But that's mm -hmm. a kind of, that's, that's a, that's a game that ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's more that just a lot of other you know bigger genres have sort of well, become big a lot of the genres have grown up and sort of caught up so mm -hmm. so that's the way i see it at least you know and i think yeah. it's still very relevant and all the all these genres are relevant i look at i look at rap and hip-hop now though versus the 90s and i'm like i'm like where are your guys' balls now sorry sure yeah offend anyone no no but, totally but, yeah but but and it's not not to say that they won't use foul language or talk about you know things that are risque but big deal mm -hmm. anyone can do that Sure. You know, I mean, yeah. where you actually like like a like a public enemy, you know, album or, mm -hmm. or track. I mean, they were really they were grinding it as far as politically and really making you think. I mean, I, I can't sure. say that I would necessarily even agree with all the things we're saying, but they made me think and I'll listen to that stuff any day of the week. I love it because mm -hmm. it, it, it just it, it's got a lot of heart. And heart, now, yeah. again, going back to earlier, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like it's like everyone's more concerned about being famous instead of just doing great stuff. And then somewhere along the way. They, they find themselves to be famous, you know, well, and that is a great point. I think, you know, I think the other thing, too, is rock really it's the one genre that really meshed and merged with all other types of genres. It welcomed in everything, welcomed in rap and hip hop It welcomed in. I mean, all types of, you know, it was industrial music or, you know, yeah, any, anything it, it really where I think, you know, and I think in a lot of ways by doing that, it also probably opened up a lot of rock fans to other types of music and therefore maybe was like, whoa, I kind of like what this is over here. And then maybe people started kind of going on to other genres, I mean, which is great to expand your, you know, obviously your scope in terms of what you listen to. But um, I think sometimes by being so open and, and merging everything together, like you said, it, it, it just, like you said, they tried to just stick in a box, shit in a box and, and sell it. it. It's just one of those, like, let's just try every little thing. Let's put so much money into it. You know, a lot of labels and, you know, they would put all this money into just something that was just new, even if it wasn't good. Well, it's new, so you know. Let, let's just do it. You know, it's a new style. They dress differently. It sounds a little different. Let's just do it. And I think, yeah. in a way, I could have, you know, in a lot of ways too. That might have been, you know, might have hurt the genre a little bit too, as well. Yeah, and I mean, one you know. thing I always try to keep in mind too is that I know a lot of folks, especially you know, generation or two older than us, who grew up with rock and roll from the mm -hmm. very beginning. They like think, well, my generation created this music. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah. It's it's an, it's an old you know the, the general style is goes back hundreds of years. What really changed was the technology, as far as you know, with how how the, how it's created, how it's recorded then, and how it's distributed to the public. But in general, it's guys sitting around playing some type of stringed instrument, playing three or four chords, putting some type of 
political or love song around it. And then, you know, uh, just basically making a life song. Well, mm -hmm. it turns out somewhere in the 40s and 50s, someone figured out guitar amplification. In the 60s, they figured out turning up guitar amplification to the point it got distorted. Along mm -hmm. the way, you know, uh, obviously multi-track recording became uh, a thing, became ubiquitous. People figured out all the tricks around that. But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, it was a basic genre that's been around for a long, long, long time. And that mm -hmm. that lends itself to being something. It, it says to me that it's it's because it's sort of intrinsic in, in us. And I know even like when like my family's Greek, when I listen to, you know, uh, Greek music, it's it's the, the basic Greek music that's not, you know, it hasn't been uh, tripped out too much. It's mm -hmm. the same. You know, it's real straightforward. It's mm -hmm. writing about life, love, pain joy sadness mm. politics and 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 you know with these epic choruses settles down in verses and they may take a little departure in the middle and it's not that it's a formula it's 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 that it's a feeling that manifests itself that way it's almost like mm. it's the, the song is the song style is a reflection of of the human condition how what mm. life is boy that yeah. sounded really heady no, sure. <laughs> a little deep <laughs> yeah well well peter this this seems like a good place to stop because we're going to end up going all day long but i'll tell you what man before we go why don't you uh one more time tell people about the record and where they can get it and you know where they should go to listen to it where where you make the most money if they hear it how's that <laughs> well we're, where we make the most money is a show so save your dollars for the shows but uh, all right. you know, sons of silver you can find this you can google us and find us at all the usual suspect places from Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, we're, they're all playing it. You can also go to our website, sonsofsilver.com. You can follow us on Facebook at, you know, Facebook slash Sons of Silver, um, Instagram, and so on and so forth. Uh, I think the best thing to do is, you know, check out our music, stream it. And, and if you like us, probably follow us on Facebook or join our email list, which you can get on our website. And, um, you know, we'll be announcing shows. I think we're, we're all going back into the studio uh, at the end of July. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to probably, I don't know, we're going to do any live streaming thing, but we'll have a lot of clips from behind the scenes and some of them will be accessible to everyone. Some will only be accessible mm -hmm. to, you know, email list members and the likes. So mm -hmm. just follow us and catch on there. And, and hopefully within the next year, we'll be allowed to go back out on the road and meet everyone. Mm -hmm face-to-face -face. yeah we can't, can't wait to check you guys out live man I, I'm, I'm real excited for it it can't come soon enough man you know yeah i feel the same man yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well i'll tell you what peter why don't you pick one from the um one of the five that we have right now for us to wrap it up with and we'll give people another taste of sons of silver how's that sound well let's do outbreak yeah i think that's the song of the oh. day Hell yeah. Outbreak from a foreign land. <laughs> the clairvoyant, <laughs> Mr. Peter Argeropoulos. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. It's great to be on the show. Thanks yeah. for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com. <laughs>